We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. DraftKings picks for the NFL Divisional Round Saturday, Sunday. Combined together for one Super Slate contest. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, here's what you do. You smash the like button for the episode. You leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me your one must play any position that, let's say you were playing 100 lineups. You would play this player in 100 of those lineups. I want to know who that player is at whatever position. If you want to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars, what you do is subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, and something you enjoy about this show. Boom. You'll be in that draw for 100 DK bucks. Winners announced on Monday's Pat Mayo Experience. So, Tune into that. Plus, if you're really into the DraftKings fever, and it's not just football going on, golf is back. And if you want to get a head start on who to research for golf, highly recommend fantasynational.com. If you use the link fantasynational.com slash PME, get 20% off at Fantasy National, whether you do the weekly, monthly, or end well, you'll get that 20% off. So highly recommend you go do that too. Joining me on the line stealing my bit on his podcast of worst place <laughs> although he did give me proper credit so i thank him for that the athletics jake seeley what's going on my man yeah i did I, I actually went through a whole two minute explanation of how it started and with mark ingram and why it is what it is so it was a very long process explaining everything so yes i did give you proper credit i tweeted about it i thought it was a fun segment to do we gave a worst place awards for the season you know i was doing it with will fuller and I gave it to him, and I'm sure we're going to talk about him today. But here, I want to talk real quick. The strategy stuff you brought up last week, I actually did what we talked about because I missed on some of the chalk, or I th- what, some of the chalk that I had, and I pivoted, and I had Metcalf, Lockett, Wilson, and I forget, I think somebody else from the Seahawks. I, it might even be, the, it was their defense, because you, you would say they don't get a ton of pressure. I switched to those four, and I ended up cashing. I didn't hit big, but I ended up cashing that lineup because I did exactly what you and I talked about last week. Yeah, so what the whole purpose behind that discussion was, 
was if you're behind going into either the, you know, I mean, this week too, that if you go through Saturday and you've used a couple of your guys and they haven't performed very well whatsoever, like you're no longer going to win. That's not going to happen. But isn't it better to get your money back or min cash instead of taking a zero? So if you can identify who you know are going to be the popular players and on the, like, the Sunday slate last week, Jake, it would have been like Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, right? Right. Yeah, I yeah. pulled off the Saints, and that's why it worked out. Like, nobody expected the Saints to bomb like they did, and by pivoting to those four, I mean, I moved other pieces because there were four pieces that I moved around, but I pulled out Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. I was also able to move up because I had a cheap guy in there. I think I, it was the David Moore call. It actually came off of him despite being in the Seahawks game, but to your point, you move those things around, and I actually tripled up. It wasn't a ton. I mean, it was only the 7 or $9 entry, whatever it was, so it wasn't a big payout, but as you mentioned before, instead of losing my money, I at least made like 15 bucks. Yeah. A lot of the stuff, especially if you're playing like week after week after week on DraftKings, one of the best things you can, I mean, not one of the best things, the best thing you can do is win. But if you're not going to win <laughs> and you know, you're going to lose, just kick the can down the road and give yourself another bullet for the next week. Like, people do not utilize the late swap enough or pay attention to that that it is actually i mean having the best picks is the most important thing that you can do i mean sorry we can't help you (laughs) out with that but what we can do is give you a strategy to at least you know return your money into your account so you have another shot at it next week based on something like five percent of people do if that like it's shocking to me how few people utilize it it is, and that's why I wanted to bring it up because we talked about it. I did it, and just as the proof in the pudding, to so use that cliche, it worked out. And it's much easier to do on a slate like this with only four games. You can do it on like your regular NFL slate after the one o'clock games are finished. If you're way behind, pivot on to a pivot off the chalk of the four o'clock slate. But there's still just so many games going on that it makes it more difficult to do. And things need right. to break your way, just like they did here. Seahawks players did really well. Saints players did really poorly. The Seahawks players outscored the Saints players, at least the ones that you would want to have in those games. I mean, if you had taken out Drew Brees and played Taysom Hill, I suppose that would have worked out as well too <laughs> that's true and but the biggest thing and i'm sure everybody's sitting there well you could have left them in what if what if the saints did smash as expected well i still would have came up with zero because i was behind i wasn't going to leap all the people who were also using the saints and that's why it's a viable strategy yeah you have to sacrifice the higher probability play for the lower probability outcome play but if it damn it's not like it was 99% the 1% that the Saints players would outscore the Seahawks <laughs> players. It's probably like, right. if we looked at actual range of outcomes and probability, it was probably like 60-40. I mean, anyone who's played fantasy football in the past knows that, hey, sometimes the best player in the best spot doesn't always come through. No, and I'm looking at it right now. It's interesting enough the Seahawks are the late game again, but at Green Bay, and there's a lot of options that you could kind of... I will dive in. I'm obviously going to talk about it, but I think this game opens up a lot of flexibility to be able to do that on either side. Well, let's start position by position, and we'll kick it off with running backs. Derrick Henry, after his tremendous performance against the Patriots, smashing the slate at running back, comes in as the highest-priced guy. He is $8,200 on the short slate, followed by Dalvin Cook at $8,000, Aaron Jones at $7,400. Ingram is back at practice, that awful worst-place Mark Ingram. So it does appear like he is going to play. As of right now, I can always change, of course, but he's 67 Hundred Damian Williams, six thousand. Colonel Mostart, he's fifty-eight. Travis Omer, he is fifty-one hundred. And Carlos Hyde, five thousand dollars. Those are your guys, five thousand dollars and above from this slate. For me, honestly, 
Give me Aaron Jones. Give me Damian Williams. Give me Carlos Hyde. Those are the three I want to use. So I have, I'm, I'm very much on Aaron Jones. Uh, I'm, I'm sm- like, put it this way. I, I have nearly hundred percent ownership of Aaron Jones and it's in the late game, but that gives you a good flexibility. You put it to what we were talking about. If he's in your flex at 7,400, there's a lot of flexibility. You could go there. If you have a game, even if you waited and took somebody out of the chiefs game, cause that's probably going to be pretty chalky. That gives you some of that opportunity there, but I have a ton of Aaron Jones. Uh, I actually, I'm surprised. I'm going with Colonel Mostart and Mustard or whatever you, however you say it. I'm, I, I like him a ton this week because I think people are still hesitant of Kyle Shanahan. And I don't know what is it like the last two or three games he's pulled this. Tevin Coleman gets the first series nonsense, but Mostert still gets his. And I understand Mostert has to get his in the 12 to 15 touch range, but he gets it. He's been their best running back. And against the Minnesota defense, I think this game actually covers by the 49ers. And so I could be wrong with that. And if not, and this turns out to be a shootout, that could be a different thing. And you're not looking for much running, but I think Mostert's going to get his touches in this game. I think the Saints are going to be running the ball, or the Saints, the 49ers are going to be running the ball. So I'm a Mostert guy. And then it's funny that you said Mark Ingram, you hate him because I actually sprinkled in a decent amount of Gus Edwards because I don't know that even if Mark Ingram plays, he gets the full touches or even makes it through the game. That could be the possibility. And then, of course, it would be Gus Edwards. Although, if you look at the Titans, the easiest way to run them, at least the most successful way to run on them throughout the course of the season was off tackle. And the best runner outside of Lamar on the Ravens at doing that is actually Justice Hill. But they never use them. So it's tough to say. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's the problem is they never use them. So, and I, you're 100% right in that. But of the 5,000 and up, I, I do like Damian Williams. I wish I could have put him in there and we're going to talk about my biggest problem and this is i might as well jump ahead which kind of spells what happens to the rest of my lineup if i go with aaron jones i put in lamar jackson and you put in aaron jones and lamar jackson you do not have much flexibility left and i can't find a way to get aaron jones and damian williams unless i go for a pure punt somewhere and i already have a pure punt at one of the spots well i'm curious to hear who that is so that's why i actually said that i'd be fading henry and cook and like i'm probably only like Oh, yeah. If people want to get into the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, the link is in the description of this video and podcast. So I'll probably just play three lineups this week. I, I don't love I'm now that golf has returned. Most of my DraftKings allocation of my bankroll is going towards golf and not football. I'm better at <laughs> golf than I am in football. So that only makes a bit more logical sense for me. But I'll probably just play the three lineups in my contest. Check them in the milli, check them in the nine, whatever. Uh, and. That means, A, I need to be contrarian if I do actually want to have a chance of winning. Uh, and I do know that those two are you know, not only the most expensive, they're probably going to be the most popular at running back as well. Uh, so Jones, if I do Jones, Hyde, and Damian Williams, that does free up a bit of money for me to use an expensive quarterback or even potentially two expensive players, whether it be at receiver or whether it be at tight end. So that's probably the route that I'm going. It's funny you mentioned Mostert, though. It's not that I'm anti-Mostert, and I do fall into that camp where I don't know how it's going to be divvied up, although he's been so good, and this could be a really big breakout game for him. But Minnesota's actually quite good against the run. I actually think that at quarterback, I mean, if you can get up to Lamar, fantastic, that I'm more apt to probably go like Jimmy G, Kittle, Debo that way and i'll save just a little bit of money on my most expensive players uh, then i can fit in jones i can fit in damian williams and it's not that mm. big of a deal yeah i could definitely see that and i would like to i would like to get off gus edwards uh, but again if i'm going with lamar jackson it, like that's part of the plan here too is that 
it's going to differ depending on what your opinion is. Like, don't listen to me. I went one and three last week. And I <laughs> granted a lot, a lot of the people had the saints. That's not a surprise. And a lot of people had the Patriots. I don't think those two big are the surprise. And I said, Buffalo was a 50, 50 toss up and they had a chance to win that game. So it's not like the picks were egregious. I am taking all the home teams and I do think Baltimore covers as well. So, you know, Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards running the ball and just with this game, I need to go back to what we saw towards the end of the season. Everybody's like, what about if Lamar Jackson's out in the fourth quarter? Well, that, fine. Good. He's already yeah. scored 30 points. Exactly. He scored 30 <laughs> points. And that's more Gus Edwards for me. So I'm kind of good. You can see why I'm kind of going down that road with the Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards thing. And I just found a way to switch. I actually switched my defense. And it's a really good defense still at 3,000 when we get to it. I got Damian Williams in the lineup now over Mostert. So there you go. Yeah, so that's a guaranteed loser. So definitely play most art yes. at this point. Yes, if now that had, I switched off. <laughs> if, you, if you had to pay all the way up, would you go Cook or would you go Henry? Because I think that in the potential game flow that we see here, I'm actually with you. I think that the Niners cover and I think that the Ravens cover. On Sunday, I actually think that both of the underdogs cover. That's why I like Carlos Hyde a little bit. I had a lot of success earlier this year when the Texans played the Chiefs. And I know the Chiefs were banged up, but I played Carlos Hyde that week when no one else really wanted him. And that's how you get to the to the Chiefs. You run on them. And whether they're up or whether they're down, the Texans are poorly coached. They're just going to run anyway. So <laughs> at least you know that he's going to get the ball. That's always a good sign. You just hope Deshaun doesn't steal his touchdowns near the goal line. But I think for me, strangely enough, and it depends on how you view the games. If you think that Tennessee can cover the nine, then Henry is a fantastic play. But where he doesn't do as much in the receiving game and they're such huge underdogs, I think I would rather play Cook over Henry, knowing that even if they get down by a ton, at least he'll still be on the field and involved in the receiving game. 100% what you just said. I mean, there's nothing to add to it. Uh, if I'm paying up, that's exactly everything, the reason behind it. And obviously, if I'm wrong about the Ravens covering, well, do everything you just said. Yeah, yeah, why, why am I still talking? I don't need to add anything. I just said 100%. You covered the entire thing. So if you do have Aaron Jones and you find yourself into a situation where you are losing going into that final game and you have him in your right. flex spot. Now, obviously, let's say you didn't use him in your flex spot because you're a dummy or something like that. You have him in your running back <laughs> spot. You can only pivot to another running back. Now, the entire running back slate from that game is now open. Do you pivot down to Lynch or Homer or do you just go on to Jamal Williams? Uh, I wouldn't go to Jamal Williams just because he is practicing, but I don't know how healthy he is. And I don't know if he's going to get his normal workload. I guess we can hopefully find out before then, you know, still Friday to come. If he's hundred percent, I think Williams makes the most sense because we've seen games like, and here's the thing. And you know, for seasonal purposes, this is why I always hate Aaron Jones is because whether this game script points to him or not, whether Jamal Williams plays or not, He's still all over the map with the use. When Jamal Williams was out, that was one of the biggest complaints people had at the end of the season was, oh, he was going to smash. Aaron Jones was supposed to smash that game. No, Jamal Williams. And it was a huge disappointment. So Jamal Williams just being out there, just on his own, if he is out there, if he's practicing fine on Friday, that's who I would pivot to because one is there's probably a lot of people that will be on Aaron Jones, even if they're you know not waiting or whatever reason, they're just going to be on Aaron Jones in general. So you have the immediate contrarian play if Jamal Williams steals the two touchdowns like he has before or gets half the touches, that I think that makes the most sense because not only have you pivoted off something that nobody's doing, you're also going for the exact opposite of what a lot of cash or like a lot of chalk people will probably be on, and that's Aaron Jones. Who is the cheapest running back you think you could use on this line? Not that you will use, but you could use. Because I'm looking at Duke Johnson at forty seven hundred bucks, but like I see the case for Madison if you wanted to use him. Like, if it's another situation like last week and Minnesota tries to control this game by running the ball, he could fluke into, like, eight touches, and then he has to break one. But that's 
that's tough. Like that, that's a tough story to sell yourself. Like Coleman, maybe. It's a tough. <laughs> no, so yeah, I was about to say, you, you, so you asked me the question, you named the only two. <laughs> I was about to go with that. It's the Duke Johnson. And then if I was going to go down, look, the Tevin Coleman, I just mentioned it. He keeps getting that first series, but then pretty much nothing after that. Actually, if you look at the last three games, what was it? It was like five, seven, and five, or no, not even seven. Five, five, four. Then you go back to New Orleans, three carries. He gets that first series, and then Coleman's done. I don't know. I, don't, I still don't understand what the hell Shanahan is doing with that and why he continues to do that. He's almost like the opener in baseball. But what if Tevin Coleman takes one of those runs? Or what if Coleman looks really impressive on three of those touches? And then Shanahan being Shanahan, he's done it times before this year. Matt Breida in the mix. You know, Juszczyk gets involved. Uh, you go back to Jeff Wilson at the beginning of the season. What if? All of a sudden, is Tevin Coleman getting 12 touches? And I only said 12, and I didn't say 20. So that's why he would be the only one that I would consider if you're really paying down. Well, if you're going to pay down, and running back is likely not the position that you want to do that at, one no. of the two Niners guys is the move. It's Coleman or it's Breda, and you just hope you the – five percent outcome that you're looking for hits and maybe that's what you want to do in a tournament like this leave some money on the table use one of those guys you know no one's gonna own them Yo, 100 percent. actually i was gonna say it might be jeff wilson <laughs> yeah, but at least we'll know if he's active or not if he's active he's probably gonna <laughs> score a touchdown because he always does two like it's a very potential so yeah i think that's who you're looking for but to, as you said if you're going to, you don't really want to. Last week just proved it. We talked about this on the show last week, and I mentioned that Joe Holka talks about it all the time. Last week, the way you won was paying up for running backs just because you try to hit at wide receiver. You know you can hit with those big guys at running back. Now, this week is a little bit different. You and I already talked about it with Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. Feel a little bit dicier than they do last week, especially more so Henry than Cook, but maybe you pay up for Cook and Williams or pay up for cook. And I, I don't, I don't want to do Mark Ingram just because of the health concern, but uh, there's a potential there that he stays out there for 15, 20 touches and 15, 20 touches from your most hated running back of all time is still, you know, that's going to be somewhat contrarian in, in itself. If Ingram misses the game, obviously everyone will move on to Gus Edwards. Do you yes. think that there'd be any validity into playing justice Hill? Absolutely. Uh, there's, but it's a you're writing a script there. It's well, you already mentioned moving outside and that you have better success, but you're also writing a script where Tennessee stays in contention and then that you have to pass more for Baltimore and they can't just run, 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 run because Justice Hill has a little bit more value in the passing game, but also getting out into that space off the edges. So there is, but you're kind of you're writing a scenario for it, which you've done before, as you just mentioned in the show. So I could see it, and it's going to be the move to make if you don't want to be chalk with Gus Edwards. But sometimes, our good friend, Chris Meany, he says a lot of times that when we were doing the DFS podcast, chalk isn't always a bad thing. You know, and to go back to even last week's lineup, if you looked at the winners, they had like, I think one of the positions was like two points, 2.3 points or something like that scored. You don't, and a four game slate and something like this, you don't have to hit 15 plus points at every single position. No, and especially all four games last week hit the under, so there wasn't a whole lot of fantasy points to right. go around. And there was just weird pieces from some of those games that started scoring touchdowns that, like, legit no one had. Yeah, that's <laughs> And you know what? It's not uncommon for that to happen two weeks in a row in the playoffs. This is Somebody's probably going to score a touchdown. I'm looking down at this list. I mean, like, would it surprise everybody if – Dalvin Cook gets vultured by Mike Boone. I'm not saying go use Mike Boone for his three carries, but I'm just saying 
you mentioned the touches is the touchdowns and you're there's a lot of scenarios here where you can see random people scoring and especially uh, we haven't even talked about it yet but we get the tight end some random ass tight end is going to score a touchdown oh you like your boy Ferkser, hardly newer Oh my God. That's so, that was so aggravating for somebody that was so on John o. Smith and also did the over under bet of two receptions and <laughs> and 70% of the time he had over two receptions. Like you would take that bet every single time. Well, now it's whatever seven out of 11 is instead of seven out of 10. Yeah, it happens. But I mean, if the boon, the boon King ends up vulturing <laughs> a touchdown from both Madison and cook, that'll be bad. I actually think it would be more likely like CJ ham, steals the touchdown and everyone's oh like god. oh my god <laughs> he was out there too I, 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 that, that would be awful i'm trying i'm looking down for that i think jeff wilson's probably the most likely though yeah i mean that means it's definitely now that he's been identified as the most likely just watch out for your main man kyle jerzrick scoring touchdowns the juice yeah the, ju- yes. the juice wide receivers <laughs> Let's discuss these guys. Devontae Adams, uh, I actually think is objectively the best play on the slate, uh, but he's 7,800 bucks. That's tough. Tyreek, 76. Hopkins, 74. DK Metcalf, 68. Tower Lockett, 66. Thielen, who has this ankle stitch problem. Looks like he's going to play. He's not practicing on Thursday, though. 6,200 bucks. AJ Brown, down in price. He's now 6,000. Diggs, 56. Sanders, 54. Debo, 52 i think value wise debo is my favorite play out here minnesota's secondary yeah. is still awful <laughs> despite the fact that the saints couldn't take advantage of it yeah i don't understand what was going on with the saints last week and i actually asked d'angelo williams about that on the podcast and he talked about some of the coaching before the week and it's just tough some teams don't know how to change mid-game i'm with you debo is the other one with aaron jones that i have a ton of exposure to uh, i for to go to the minnesota side of things you know, I've talked about this on the show several times throughout the year. And what do we always talk about? Kirk Cousins. You want digs when you have a team that's facing them with quarterback pressure. You want Thielen when he has time to think. Now, obviously, Thielen's injury kind of mixes this up a little bit. And if Thielen's out, now Diggs becomes dicey because the 49ers could just cover him. And, okay, Kyle Rudolph and the rest, go ahead and try to beat us. Old BC Johnson, whatever. But as you and I have talked, you make, you make Kirk Cousins think quickly. Who's he going to? He's going to Diggs because he breaks freer quicker and he's got that short space and that immediate separation. So Diggs is the one that I want this week if I'm going for that game. If I can pay up, actually, you said Devontae Adams objectively. I think that Tyreek Hill's in the same conversation for how many big plays that the Houston Texans defense gives up. I know they've been playing better, but the big plays is where they've always been exposed. What's exploit exploitable is the word I was trying to think of. Yes. Uh, and especially on a small slate like this, someone like Derrick Henry, Delvin cook and Tyree kill. And I would throw Kittle into that mix. They feel like the four potential slate breakers because they are on main slates. You put them on a shorter slate. They most definitely are. Did I say Will Fuller? He's one of them too. That could absolutely break this. Like that doesn't mean you have to play these guys that if they do, and you don't have them, just be wary that they could go off to the point where, you know, if you don't have them, you automatically lose. And Hill's price is baked into that. I just think that the, well, the Texan secondary is just putrid. I think I would, if forced to pick between the two, I think I'd rather have Adams than Hill only because I can take Hardman at $4,100, who is discount Tyreek Hill. And that's a fine option. So if you're going to have to go that far, I could see it. 
I sighed when you said Wolf Fuller because I can tell you the truth. I can tell you right now. He's not going to hit. You know why he's not going to hit? People are on because him. Because I'm on him. Yeah. No, I'm on him. Oh. I every time I've only picked like twice. I I you know how much I hate him. I I he is my worst place. I hate Will Fuller. He is the new Jared Cook because Jared Cook is actually found what I, I don't know how some consistent well we do know how drew Brees in the saints some consistency this year but i hate will fuller he had two weeks was 60 percent of his production for the entire season outside of that i don't think he ever topped like was it 60 yards somewhere around there but the two times i tried to get involved i said you know what this is a good matchup and oh people are too frustrated so i'll get on didn't hit the two times where he did hit i wasn't even on him because i was so annoyed and pissed off like everybody else so i've talked myself into him in this opportunity, the Chiefs' pass defense is actually really good. And you mentioned about running it, but that's why I'm like, he's questionable. Chiefs know the people know that the Chiefs' pass defense is good. He can break the slate at 5,000. And because I went Lamar Jackson, I'm putting him in. So he's not going to hit. I guess the only other one, I like Hollywood Brown because he's like Will Fuller Jr. But if he's not going to be playing in the slot, I mean, that's no, he's more gonna... Tyreek Hill Jr. Yeah, even so, like. I was going to say Logan Paul. Logan Ryan is probably going to end up taking – they might task him with Mark Andrews. I doubt that it will most likely be Willie Sneed. But if you have Hollywood Brown on the outside, like, it only takes one with him, just like it does. With it does Will. only take one. Um, you know who like could honestly break this slate? Sammy Watkins? Since, hey, there you go. Yeah, so, get, first, only, first, first, game, just... first game narrative. First game of the regular season, 200 yards. Go. First game of the playoffs, 200 yards. You're looking you good. Took it, you took the words out of my mouth. That's what exactly what I was going to say. You know what the funny thing is? He's 4,300. I'm paying up $200 more to put Alan freaking Lazard in my lineup. Oh, it's funny you hit on Lazard because it does look like Fuller's going to play. If Fuller doesn't play, Stills isn't awful. And maybe the move is to pivot off of Debo and just use Emmanuel Sanders. I still prefer Debo. I think he's the better play, but I know he's going to be more popular. Watkins is interesting. Like, you could build a scrub wide receiver roster this week if you wanted to pay up at every other position. Every, I think, I think you still have to let one go because I'm looking at my lineup right now and I paid up at tight end and I had to let one go. I couldn't do everywhere. No, but like if you wanted to make Debo your highest priced wide receiver, and then you he use, is. <laughs> if you use like Debo, Hardman, and oh, so you're really going down low because right now I have Debo, Fuller, and Lazard. Okay, so the, the lowest you're going is 4,500. I think you can dip below that. Like, I'm not even completely against some like if i'm going to use this 49ers passing stack which i've kind of talked about instead of using debo in all three lineups maybe i go kittle garoppolo and kendrick Bourne, who they use in the red zone like he's the kendrick Bourne is the perfect type of guy to break this slate like the cheap guy who ends up with like three catches and two touchdowns like he's that guy he is i, I gotta be honest the other one i would go back to him despite the fact that he had one catch for six yards last week one of the Ravens' pass defense has the same. I, I, we talked about this on the show. I've brought it up, I think, two or three times by now. The Ravens' secondary and the Patriots' secondary, one similarity. They are vulnerable over middle short. Tajay Sharp. And I, I like, look, it's going to probably be like a 1.2 points on today. But similar to if I'm going down that low, I would rather go him than Kendrick Bourne, honestly. Yeah, I would much prefer Kendrick Bourne in this spot. You see Jaron Brown's uh, returning to practice. Looks like he's going to play. That takes all the heat off, like, David Moore, right? No more David Moore because those guys will probably split snaps. Yeah, it would, and David Moore wasn't that. He's in the same conversation as the two guys we're talking about right no, now. No, I, 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 I mean, if, he, if he's not playing to the extent that he was playing the past few weeks without Jaron Brown, like, David Moore wasn't even all that bad last week. Two for 57 is pretty good. He almost snuck in. No, it, it did, but it still wasn't it wasn't something that helped you win. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you in the fact that if if Jerron's Brown's back, I'm not screwing around with that. 
Better $3,000 play. Two guys that do things every now and then. Miles Boykin at 3000 or Marquez Valdez-Scantling at 3000 uh, So Boykin's my boy. I'm actually wearing a Notre Dame hat, as a matter of fact. And that's not because I'm a Notre Dame fan, because you know this. I crapped all over everybody and crapped all over um what's his face equinemia st brown i told him that people he was going to be terrible i can admit when notre dame notre dame doesn't have a lot of nfl talent coming out outside of offensive linemen and tight ends like the, the rest of the crew usually not that great especially running back but one thing is miles boykin you gotta remember they invested high draft capital in him. they see him as the future he is where he is because he's still a little bit raw coming out of notre dame but He's in that Anquan Bolden mold for me. And if you're looking for an opportunity, the biggest problem here is he's behind Marquise Brown. He's behind Mark Andrews. He's behind Willie Sneed. And he's in an offense that throws 180, 200 yards. So if something were to break that way, I mean, Miles Boykin would be the one that I would go to just because based on pure talent and for this team might be running. Hell, he's not coming off the field as we saw because of week 17. He's not coming off the field if Robert Griffin comes in. Miles Boykin might even be out there even more. Yeah, that's true. But with MVS you might get your deep shot and you have to hope he doesn't drop it, but that's what you're praying for. You're praying for like one catch for 70 yards and a touch. And you're praying Aaron Rodgers could actually put it on him. I'm not, eh, screw it. I'm not, I'm not messing around with the Geronimo Allison's and Marquez Valdez Scantling. I'll either, I'll either go up to Lazard or Lazard and, and or Miles Boykin. I'm not messing around with Marquez Valdez Scantling, which means he's the better play than Will Fuller. So everybody out there, there you go. I would even think that in this game, Jimmy Graham is like a live option in that passing offense over like that over <sighs> MVS or Allison. And not that I want to play Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham has to be alive first for that to happen. Like seriously, Jimmy Graham hasn't been anything for a while. Somebody brought that up to me on another show and said, well, I was facing Seattle. The only other team that's really vulnerable besides Arizona against this oh. the tight end. And I'm like, there you go. Revenge game. Jimmy Graham. Yeah, so there's Boom. a lot of you can bake into this. Uh, Boykin week 16 played 37% of the snaps. That's not what I'm looking for. Seth Roberts actually played 50% in that game. How much is Seth Roberts? I think he's even cheaper, or he's right around there. No, I mean, they're the minimum. No, he's 35. No, that's he's too, 35. Too expensive. <laughs> too pricey. Too pricey for me. I mean, how how, honest how, to how God, about Khalif these- Raymond? <laughs> of all these guys, I'd actually just rather play Kendrick Moore. I don't hate Kendrick Moore. I think he's a fine play here. No, I definitely think it could be. The funny thing is, is if you go down because they are listed by game order, once you get to min price, you might you might get Marquez Valdez-Scantling on low ownership because he's all the way at the bottom. Yeah, potentially. Is Humphreys playing? Is he back? I think he's still out. Oh, poor guy. Isn't he? Hump daddy. I'm see. I mean, looking I it up click, right here. Yeah, he, he did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday, so... Don't expect him on the field. Can we, can no, we, Tajay we, Sharp and Khalif Raymond. <laughs> it's funny. Like we, we just kind of glossed over everyone at the top. I said I like Adams over I like Hill. I think I like yeah. Lockett over Metcalf this week. Like Debo over Sanders. Do you just play A.J. Brown and hope for the best? No. No? No, I think the same thing happens what we saw last week. You're talking about one of the best secondaries in the league since they got Marcus Peters and he just, again, take them away because if you're the Ravens, you have a better run defense and it's not world beating. People are going to look at that, but remember that touchdowns don't mean everything just because the Patriots only gave like one or two up head into that game. The Ravens are stronger as a total unit versus just anyway, that all being said, the Ravens can slow down everything, including Derrick Henry better than the Patriots can. So 
I think that you see the same type of game plan from the Ravens where it says, you know what, fine, we'll let you give the ball 30 times to Derrick Henry to try and beat us because it doesn't matter. Even if we are as sucky as the Patriots is stopping him, we're putting up 30 points anyway, unlike the Patriots. So I just don't see A.J. Brown doing anything. I don't see Jono doing anything. I just don't see the passing game doing anything. Okay, so let's talk about tight ends then. Uh, there's three of them that are good, and then there's the rest of everyone else. And the pricing does <laughs> yeah. reflect this. So Kelsey's the highest price, but he's only $6,400. Kittle's 62 Mark Andrews is 56 I think that all three of those guys are really good plays and objectively way better than everyone else on this slate. But then you got like... Hollister at 4,000, significant decrease. Fells, Hurst, Jonu, Rudolph, Jimmy Graham, Nick Boyle, they're all in the $3,000 area. Uh, I don't even really want to get down to like the Irv Smiths of the world or the Jordan <laughs> Thomases, like, or the Ferkskers and like all that stuff. Like, who do you use at tight end? If you were to pay up for one of those three, which one is it? I'd pay up for Mark Andrews. Uh, because, you know, you're looking at it, and DraftKings has that opponent rank against George Kittle against the, the Vikings defense is as bad as it is against the pass. It Unlike the Ravens and the Patriots, the one area where they've been able to play decently because of their linebackers like Kendricks and all of that type of stuff, they're pretty solid against the tight end. Like, even when I do my adjusted points allowed, as you know that I have the APA over at, at the site, is the tight ends have always ranked higher for the Vikings versus their overall pass defense against wide receivers, where they're at number one or number two for most of the year. So I am a little bit skeptical of Kittle, but Kittle is not a bad play. I'm just saying... When you're trying to break the tie here, you're going to give me Andrews at 600 less and 800 less than Kelsey, which is the best matchup of the three. I'm going to just go to Mark Andrews also because I have Lamar Jackson. I'm going down that route anyway. If you did not use one of those three guys or you used a second tight end in your flex of all the rest of the guys, and let's throw Hollister out because <laughs> he's a bit more expensive. Of the $3,000 guys, I think my option would be Jimmy Graham, and I don't like that. I would be mine too, and I don't like it either. I don't even want to like this is this is this feels to me like everybody jumping all over Tyler Eifert when they faced the Cardinals early this year like it's still a crappy tight end so you know yeah the opportunity is there but four times and yeah everybody's gonna always say well I'll take 12 out of 16 every single time well you know that's over the regular season if you want to plug in whoever's facing the Cardinals every single week but that's not the similar situation it's a four-game playoff slate so it would be Graham but as I already mentioned, I don't feel great about it. Graham's looked awful. Aaron Rodgers doesn't look very good. You know, maybe they surprise us. They've had the bye week. Maybe they get on track and then Seattle helps. But that's who it would be because the problem is I do like Fells, but it's always the problem with Fells is not knowing if it's going to be him or Aikens. Obviously, Aikens being questionable, Aikens is out. I would, I might actually go Fells over Jimmy Graham. Yeah, Fells at 3,500 isn't a terrible play whatsoever, especially because that game totals at 51 that you just think that there's going to be points scored. So that brings us to the stacks. And I think a lot of these questions can really be answered by who you use at quarterback. Because if you use Garoppolo at quarterback, your decision is pretty easy at tight end because you probably use Kittle along with him over right. one of the other two. If you use Lamar Jackson, you use Mark Andrews. You're using Mahomes, you use Travis Kelsey. Like that just makes a lot of intuitive sense. Lamar's 8,400 bucks though. I, 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 I still don't know if that's too expensive or too cheap. Uh, so for me, I think it's, I think it's just right. Like the porridge, uh, it's like you're talking about, I'm looking right now. You're talking about a six point per game gap between him and Deshaun Jackson. And then Deshaun Jackson, 1700 cheaper. So I understand it, but when you have the upside for 40 points and the floor essentially is 20, like, I like I said, I plugged them in. I could I see every argument not to because 
Russell Wilson against the Packers. Deshaun Watson, we just mentioned his price. Deshaun Watson, if he's going to run like he did last week and put his body on the line to help this team win against the Chiefs, like he might be the best play because of the price. But Lamar Jackson is just so hard to – like. he kind of feels like what we were doing with Christian McCaffrey earlier this year. Until he gets to $10,000, I don't even think there's a hesitation. I like Jimmy Garoppolo for his price. I think he allows you to do so much in your lineup because he's in the mid-5,000s. He is, but the two games, what, is against the Cardinals. And, yes, this is a similar matchup, but it, well, maybe the Vikings did something that smarter minds than you and I saw last week with still the same talent, but maybe they schemed a little bit differently. Like, I didn't dig into that game this much. You know, they're getting ready for our trip, and baseball is coming around. And, you know, stupid baseball. But in any case, they – you, we've talked about that game. The Saints were supposed to go into that game and pass, 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 because that's what everybody does. And whether or not you want to blame it on Drew Brees' arm not being able to get it down. Drew Brees still had tons of really good games this year. Then Michael Thomas didn't blow away the wide receivers because Drew Brees was a crappy quarterback the entire season. Something was different in that game. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to put it all in the Vikings' defense, but I paint all that picture just to say, well, what if the Vikings play as good as they did last week? I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Drew Brees, even with his arm. No, but I, at the same time, I think that might keep people off of Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm just, I'm trying, if I'm only going to play three lineups, I'll probably play two of one stack and one of another stack. So do I want to do the Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews stack? Do I want to do the Mahomes or potentially the other side with Watson? I'm trying to think a bit more contrarian here because I'm using so few lineups and I'm not playing cash games. I'm playing GPPs. So for me, I think you could even make a case to play Garoppolo by himself because trying to pair him up. Naked with, Garoppolo. Naked Garoppolo would be very sexy. I'm not going to lie to you about that. But <laughs> like, if you just use Garoppolo and Kittle you really hope everything goes through Kittle. But even if you did a triple stack of Kittle, Kittle, Debo, and Garoppolo, I mean, what if Sanders and Kendrick Bourne end up doing everything? Like, there are so many different options in that offense to score touchdowns. Not necessarily to pile up the receiving yardage, but to really hit your potential upside is that I just think it's so much easier to pass all over the Vikings than it is to try to run on them. No, you're 100% right about that. I'm just saying that there's I'm painting why I don't feel great about it. I understand everything you just said, and you're chasing that upside. But it was basically like two or three games this year where Garoppolo really and you're looking at even those great games. Garoppolo is kind of in the average for what Lamar Jackson does. So that's why I paid up for Lamar. And that's one of the things I looked at. I'm like, all right, let me check the ceilings of all these guys. And you look at the ceilings and the ceilings are like Lamar Jackson's average. The one thing I will say, you didn't really touch on that game. And I'm kind of curious if this is why. So. The Russell Wilson and the Aaron Rodgers. I, I, so the Russell Wilson stack, I don't like because it's cold and it's on the road. Now it's supposed to be in the 20. So the 35, I always talk about is the 15, 25, 35 is so 15 plus wins. You got to consider it a little bit. 25 plus wins. You start to get scared. 35 and below hurts the passing game too. Even if there is no win, even if there's no snow, 35 and below hurts the passing game a little bit. I think it hurts Russell Wilson more than it hurts Aaron Rodgers, but it still pulls me off Aaron Rodgers because What's the stack with Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers, Adams, Adams Graham? No, like, just, just, eh? I, I think you would just, I think, honestly, the stack with Rodgers is Rodgers, Adams, Jones. Yeah, and that, but that limits a lot of what you're going to be able to do. Not, yeah, it, in terms of overall lineup construction, yes, you're right. You're going to have to punt somewhere. But I think those would be the three if I was going to roll out a Packers stack. Okay. And I can see that, but I think that the stack for that game, and maybe that's one of the things too, is, you know, look for ownerships for this and, you know, 
if you do the Aaron Rodgers, see that the only thing that worries me about that too, if you do the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, you've already locked in your contrarian and you don't give yourself that flexibility we talked about earlier. Like you're already on a contrarian play into the last game of the week. True, but that makes that inherently makes the rest of your lineup different that, you know, you wouldn't have to pivot off of anything like you just take whoever at that point. Right. But if you're if but you also would know going to that game, if you've already haven't hit, you're probably not hitting. Period. Sure. But I mean, the whole point is like at that point, you're hoping that's the game that goes off. And if we look at the totals for these games, like it's very clear that most people are going to take the players from the Texans and Chiefs game. That game is projected right. for four more points than the next closest one. It's at 51 right now as the over under the next two closest of that Seattle Packers game at 47 Titans and Ravens is 47 with a huge implied number on the Ravens over the titans because it's nine and a half uh and then you have vikings and niners which is just down at 44 but as we saw last week all four games hit the under so just because you're a 44 doesn't mean you can't be the highest scoring game on a four game slate right 100 percent. the funny thing is is i think i've only got one yeah i have one cheap no i have will fuller stupid will fuller david williams and will fuller in that game i only have two pieces in that game so mine's already a little bit contrarian cousins rogers or watson would you use oh watson Okay, Cousins or Rodgers? Like, would, is there any chance you would use Kirk Cousins? <laughs> so that's the, why don't you just get to the question? Okay, no, yeah, no, here, no here, here's the question. Cousins or Tannehill? Tannehill. No one's going to use Tannehill and he's the cheapest quarterback. And it's here's the problem why is because look at last week, 15 attempts. And what are you going to try to do? You're going to try to run De- Derrick Henry, play bowl control, just smash it up the middle. The past defense that we mentioned has been really good since they got Marcus Peters and Tannehill. If he only throws the ball 15 times, that's the downside. The, the team, team, entire team had nine completions. There's only one person with more than one reception, freaking Fersker. And then this entire team as a whole, or maybe he's the most in yards and there was somebody else. But in any case, a lot of ones across the board. So the thing about Tannehill that's good though, is that if he only attempts the ball 25 times, he's probably completing like 16, 17 and for at least two touchdowns. So that's what you're shooting for there. And that's why I would go Tannehill in that situation, because the price, as you mentioned, nobody's playing him. And if he is super efficient as he has been for the majority of the season, then you, you kind of hit over everybody else. Well, and you deal in the reality is I think that's a very easy game to game stack if you want to do it. Now, it's a lower percentage play, obviously. But if you don't use Derrick Henry and you use Ryan Tannehill, I think you very obviously use A.J. Brown with him. Use those two. And if that's the case, since you cannot use Lamar, bringing it back with that awful Mark Ingram is probably the move. (laughs) Or or Edwards, or just a piece of the running game. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, Edwards, Edwards. I don't. I didn't say that. Is that what you were doing? Yeah. But I just in that case, you would have to hope the Ravens get up a bunch by running the ball, right. and Lamar doesn't score, and then the Titans are playing catch up for three quarters, and through attrition, Tannehill. Just and then piles you would up. play AJ Brown. Yeah. So that would be the move there, but I I think that's so unlikely that you probably don't want to go to i know <laughs> so I'm, looking, I'm looking at like the reasons to do it and i just yeah that's that's well you, you gotta tell yourself mid- a, you gotta tell yourself a story of this game and if you think that the titans <laughs> win this game or this game is close it's presumably by derrick henry so that like you would have to think that like ravens get up by 24 early somehow lamar doesn't do all of the damage and then somehow. maybe he throws or he throws to like hayden hurst uh, or Nick Boyle, something like that, or it's that Ricard guy on like a one yard sneak or something like <laughs> Patrick that. Patrick Ricard, and that's how yeah, Captain Ricard. You get him in there, and that's how they score. Then they have to pass the entire time, but that's like a less than five percent outcome. 
Oh, there's your narrative. They're bringing a show back. Star 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 Trek. He hasn't aged in seventy five years. It's a good looking man for an old dude. Dude, we were having this debate during the games last week. Do you know what a young Patrick Stewart looks like? Nobody does. No, it's it's like Gene Hackman. Like Gene Hackman has it's never like, been young. He's just yeah, exactly same thing. It's like you've only known him, and and he hasn't. Patrick Stewart looks like the same he did thirty years ago when that show was actually on TV. You see, the move, the key is if you're gonna go bald, go bald really early, so people think that you're twenty <laughs> years older than you actually are. So by the time you actually catch up to the age that people think you are, people are like, man, he looks great for seventy five, but it turns out you're only like forty five. That's a really good. So what you're saying, if you think you are, just start shaving it. Exactly. Or like dye your hair gray or something. <laughs> All right, Defenses. Which one are you using? Uh, 49ers. Niners. 3,000. Yeah. yeah, it does. If you can get to the Ravens, that also feels like a pretty good spot. See, the, the, but to go back to what I said, it doesn't feel so great for me because just smash Derrick Henry and why? If they're, they're only passing the ball fifteen times, where's your opportunities for turnover? So, yeah, but I know that, Kirk, that game, like again, that game was really close the entire time. You'd want to load up. You'd want to load up with the Ravens against the Titans if you think the Ravens are going to blow them out. I don't even think that they even go too aggressively that way. It's Tannehill. The one thing about Tannehill is that he's pretty smart. He doesn't, he's kind of similar to like the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world where he's not going to make too many. He's not James Winston. He's not going to make those kind of, they're Daniel Jones making those kind of stupid moves or Josh Allen. So I, I just don't see the price. I, I understand what you're saying. I just don't see for the price for $600 cheaper to go against Kirk Cousins, who will, who does make poor decisions, who sees an open receiver and goes to the guy 10 yards further past him who's double covered because he's aggressive like that. And in a game where I do think the 49ers are a good chance to cover that game, where you have the same type of scenario, I, I think that the Kirk Cousins risk factor of a Ryan Tannehill risk factor points to the 49ers defense, and the 49ers are 600 cheaper. For me right now, I agree with you. The 49ers are a probably the best value on the board. I also think that they're going to be the most popular. And as we talked out last, this is a great spot to go contrarian, even with a bad defense. Because we talked a little bit about the Titans last week. They were the cheapest. And it takes so little to be the best defense on a short slate like this. You know what it takes? A touchdown. And what did the Titans do? They had to pick six. And it made them the best defense. And they saved you all the money in the world. So I think they're just trying to use the all lowest... The trying to use the lowest owned defense or one of the three lowest owned. And I think I might gravitate towards the Packers in this situation. Uh, I could see it, but that's another one where it was Russell Wilson really going to turn the ball over uh, to, to your point. I brought him up last week and you poo pooed me only three points fewer than the Titans and the Seahawks scored 11. So if you're going to go back to it, why not go back to the Seahawks with the way that Aaron Rodgers has been playing? Potentially. I mean, I, I actually really do like Kansas City just because they bring immense pressure and they should be up in this yeah. game. And Deshaun Watson takes sacks anyway. <laughs> That's true. So if you don't get the turnover, at least you get the sacks. There. If you can get up to the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs probably would be my second choice. I'm not a big fan of the Packers against Russell Wilson. but I, And I know I talked about before the cold. and the, But again, Russell Wilson, when is he ever going to throw the ball three intercept, throw for three interceptions? No, it's just the sacks that goes along. Like the teams that are sacked the most remaining uh, in terms of pass protection. Like the Titans have been sacked the most over – overall of all the teams left but a lot of that was Mariota over Ryan Tannehill although that does make the Ravens a pretty safe floor in terms of sacks after that you have Houston who takes a bunch of sacks you have Seattle who takes a bunch of sacks and then every other team here's this tricky one 
The Niners are now the next worst in teams getting sacked. And the team that presents the best pressure defensive line left in the playoffs is actually Minnesota. Is Minnesota number one? Because I thought I looked the other day and I thought the 49ers were number two. Oh, maybe it is the 49ers. Maybe I just kind of glossed. Oh, yeah, they are number two. (laughs) 49ers number two, Minnesota number five. (laughs) Sorry about that. But like the, 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 the Vikings did an excellent job getting in the backfield against Drew Brees last week. And the Saints have one of the best offensive lines in football. I was just about to say, I mean, that might be the one where I think to go straight contrarian and you're already taking the, this is go back to baseball. Like where a lot of people, you know, when they stack Colorado in Colorado and then you immediately just go to the other side of that game and including like maybe even the pitcher, you don't do it for all your lineups, but to your point, you know, if everybody's going to be on the San Francisco 49ers defense, you go to the Vikings defense and Dalvin cook and boom stack works out. You've already played a contrarian lineup with just two pieces. Yeah, I think if I was going to use the Vikings D, you would almost, I don't say you have to play Delvin Cook, but it makes a lot of intuitive sense. Especially with. No, I'll say D- you have to. Especially with Diggs. 100%. With, with Thielen banged up and Diggs like dealing with an illness. Like, yeah, let's, let's do that. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I'll say what you did. I will 100%. I don't, you don't play the Vikings defense if you're not playing Delvin Cook. I mean, if you wanted to solo it, sure, why not? Hope for two, nah. two return touchdowns or something. You don't do naked defense. <laughs> you do naked quarterbacks. Not no, naked you can definitely do naked defense. I you don't need to pair them with a running back. You don't have to. If you want to <laughs> do like, situa- if you want to do wait, no hold on. If, if you want to do a stack and you want to use the Niners defense, pair him up with Richie James. Double points. <laughs> <laughs> that you know that works sometimes. Yeah, very uh, rarely awesome. does. Very rarely does the double dip come through. And no, usually, but I was and usually <laughs> usually if you do the double dip, you want to do it with a receiver who actually does something besides return punts. That's uh, so what I was gonna say. The Chiefs and Miko Hardman. That actually could work. There you go. Does he return <laughs> punts? Does he return punts, or are they gonna let Hill do that in the playoffs? Or uh, well, is it Hill, or did they start mixing Pringle in too? Pringle and remember. like Robinson was doing it for a bit too. But I think on yeah on, on kickoffs alone, Hardman does it. But you would probably want the right. punt returner because punts actually get returned where most of the I'm time. I'm gonna check right now. I think they've been switching it up. That's what I think. I don't know who I'm looking for. The most common ones, the punt returner, most common is it's actually listed on their chart is Tyreek Hill backed up by Michael Hardman. I can see them almost like how Deshaun Jackson used to be deployed in the playoffs. I can see them using Hill in that situation because we're now in the playoffs. Like if it's close. So there you go. Chiefs and Hill. <laughs> Chiefs and Hill. That works. That's very actually. pricey. Yeah. All right, Jake. Theathletic.com. Tell everyone about the podcast. Yes. Yeah. The ton of them. Well, there's some of them pulled back. So the throwbacks twice a week still. That's with Meanie and Brad Ziegler. Uh, the D'Angelo Williams one, which is another great insight. He talked about the, if for everybody out there that saw the game, because I'm assuming everybody did. He explained the whole throwing of the helmet by Diggs and the Lattimore arguing and yelling at the coaches and why that happened. Very insightful. It's always great listening to a player that will actually tell you what's going on and happening. So those are the three main podcasts. All of sports will be back after our trip next week to Vegas for the FSGA. By the way, I also wore this band kickers t-shirt because I'm celebrating the XFL. No kickers, man. You can't kick an extra point. I love it. This is my new favorite league. Zero. You're all in on the XFL. I'm buying stock in the XFL. Let's go. I mean, if you did that last time, you ended up broke.
<laughs> I don't know, but I'm in this time. They're doing away with the kickers. I don't know if they'd still do kick. I don't know. Did they do field goals? I don't care. They got rid of them somewhat. You can't kick an extra point. I'm so happy. I think last time that they also didn't, I don't know if you couldn't kick a field goal, but I knew you couldn't kick an extra point. Cause if you started from like the, as I recall the rules, I actually went to an XFL game last time around. Did you? In, yeah. In Orlando, I saw the San Francisco rage take on the Orlando, whatever they were called. No, San Francisco Sack demons or something. San Francisco demons against the Orlando rage was the game that I went to. Was that the <laughs> orange bowl? I think it was demons and rage. Either way <laughs> that after you scored a touchdown, you could go for one point by starting from the one yard line, two points by starting right. from like the four yard line or three points. If you went from the 10, they they did something that's actually pretty similar to what they're doing now. I'm looking. Do they still have the? Yeah, they still have the San Francisco Demons. Or are those the old ones? Those are the, the old ones. ones. Yeah, those are the old ones. So the Dallas Renegades. Where is there anybody in San Francisco? There's nobody in San Francisco. There's the Seattle Dragons. Oh, the Dragon or the Dra- It should be the Dragoons. That'd be a better name. The Dragoons. That would have been good. The St. Louis Battlehawks. It's a good names. Like also, names. who's your favorite? Here's your names: the Battlehawks, Vipers, Dragons, Roughnecks, Guardians, Wildcats, Renegades, Defenders. Those are the DC team, and the Extreme, the Los Angeles Extreme. <laughs> I like the, they they were called the Los Angeles Extreme last time, I believe. Oh, so that might be an old team. It might just be those first eight. One, two, three, four, eight. Yeah. Yeah, because Tommy Maddox was the quarterback of the Los Angeles Extreme. XFL, t- Tommy XFL MVP, and then he went to the Steelers. So yeah. Good. Not the extreme, the first eight that I said. What's your favorite of the eight? What was the St. Renegades, Louis one? Roughnecks, St. Louis? What St. Louis were the Battlehawks? I like that one. The cool Battle logo Hawks. too. I do like their logo. There we go. Battle. Maybe but, we need to be all in on the St. Louis Battlehawks. Let's yeah, let's do it. St. Louis Battlehawks. They lost all their football teams anyway. Although the DC Defenders in the movie Any Given Sunday weren't let's they the see. Dallas Defenders? Wasn't that their name? Were they? I think so. That's a team that. <laughs> <laughs> that Willie Beeman played in the playoffs. Dallas Defenders. Miami Sharks. Yeah, I know it was the Miami Sharks. There was two Miami teams in any given Sunday. Defenders. Oh, because any... the, yes, that's what Miami needs. More, t- more teams that fans don't go to. Even oh, you when got they the Albuquerque the Aztecs. That's where Willie Beeman ended up. By the way, did you know that the owner of the Albuquerque Isotopes is a huge Simpsons fan, and that's exactly why he named them the Albuquerque Isotopes? I, I mean, I didn't know that for sure, but I knew they were named after the Springfield Isotope, so that made a lot of sense. Yeah. That's exactly why Albuquerque. he did. Albuquerque. He was he was the uh, he was the owner of the Norfolk Tides too. That's all because I did an internship there. That's why I knew about that. Ah, DC let's... Defenders only have a capacity of twenty thousand. No, they were the Dallas. Oh my and... God. Do you know who the head coach of the New York Guardians is? Freddie Kitchens. Kevin freaking Gilbride. Really? <laughs> it's going to be run, pass, draw on third and seven. Run, pass, draw. Run, pass, draw. Good luck, New York Guardians. Dallas Knights was the team in any game. Where are Dallas Knights. From? Maybe it's some sort Bob of like- Stoops is the Dallas Renegades, and Mark Tressman is the Tampa Bay Vipers. Mark Tressman. What a hero. Dude, Former, this, uh, he's he's completing the trifecta. He's now coaching the NFL, CFL, and XFL. There you go. Pep Hamilton is the DC, DC defenders. Everybody remembers him. Remember when? Well, Pep Hamilton was, I'm, I'm so into the XFL now. What was Pep Hamilton? Was what the coordinator in Indy and the head coach of Stanford? Isn't that what he did? Was he? I just remember defensive, or not defensive. I mean offensive. Um, he was Michigan's assistant head coach. 
have Hamilton. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis Colts. Stan- no, he was the Stanford, Stanford OC. Yeah, Stanford he was before that. Yeah, Stanford wide receivers coach, Stanford OC. And it makes sense he's with Michigan because he's with Harbaugh uh, at Stanford, yeah. wasn't he? Or wasn't he? I can't yeah. Remember. All the years mixed so, together. I don't know. Uh, get you into the XFL. Let's do it. All right. Just to you know, open up gambling, open up fantasy, and we're good to go. Yeah, please do. I'm on the Battle Hawks. Are you going to go to the DC Defenders or are you going to stick with the Battle Hawks? I'm going to go to the Battle Hawks, I think. We need to be all in on St. Louis. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Jake Sealy, follow him on Twitter at All in Kid. I will see you in Vegas next week, sir. Yes. I'll be back to cover DraftKings for the divisional round, full slate of shows for the Pat Mayo experience all week next week for golf and football, even though I'm gone. Who knew? And UFC, Conor McGregor. So stay tuned for the Dogger Pad Pass podcast on the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings YouTube channel. You're going to want to check that one out to see who to bet on. This week, Connor's odds getting out of control. If you want to play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, link is in the description of this video and podcast. Let's fill that up. If you want to play some golf, especially on DraftKings or just some betting, fantasynational.com slash PME. Get yourself 20% off. And that'll do it. Unless you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, which you can do by smashing the like button to this episode, leaving your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me what player you have 100% exposure to any position this week on the divisional slate of games. If you want to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, and something you like about this show. And boom, you're in the draw. Winners announced on Monday which is the next time I'll see you. So good luck on the weekend, and I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!